0: It's the master of the lexecution and the king of pal. It's yours truly, Chris Lix, and you're listening to Oversell
1: Podcast.
0: It is episode 87 and we are talking all things professional wrestling, Lucha Underground on Netflix, the new Japan Cup. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. I'm Dan. You know, I got to say. Okay, say it. The good thing about not watching Raw, I'm a little bit in better mood this week.
1: <laughs> you didn't watch it <laughs> last week and you were pissed off.
0: Well, that was out because I didn't have. I watched that shit pay per view they put on. <laughs> but, I, you know, this week, hey, I actually did the actual intro the way we always do it. Right. Uh, I, AOL sending me lots of email.
1: That, that's Trump. There you go. He's listening in. We discussed that earlier. <laughs> but, uh, you know. It, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we're not even going to get in that discussion. We're not <laughs> even going to get in that dis- discussion.
2: Anyway. It's uh, Rusev and Lana listening in. Yeah. Um,
0: be sure you're following us on Twitter. <laughs> we, Twitter. we are at com slash oversellpodcast. I am at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L.
1: At WolfMike23. To
2: one dangerous Dan, and I'm on Facebook. Dangerous Dan Matthews.
0: Guys, uh, we had a lot of interesting news in wrestling this week, and the first thing I want to start off with is, finally, Lucha Underground is now on Netflix. The first two seasons. The yes. first two seasons. Yes. And it's it's going to be fun. I started watching a little bit last night. Um, you know, I never saw the, I think, I, I didn't see most of the first season, but I, I got to see where Dario Cueto walked into AAA or CMLL or whatever. Laid mm-hmm. down a bag of cash and said, you want to wrestle for me? Take this money, yeah. It is. <laughs> and, and it's so cool because um, I really came in into season two. I watched Ultima Lucha from the first season, which is an incredible show. Mm-hmm. But now I can't wait to go through and actually watch this, like see the original El dragon as Tekka. You know, get to see the origins of P- Pentagon Jr. Right. Now he's known mm-hmm. as pentagon sarah miedo or something like that because of a dispute with triple a and his contract and right you know these triple a thinks they own everybody as far as mexican wrestling goes and, but it's really exciting i can't wait for you guys to watch it and i what do you guys think is this a good deal a big deal for lucha underground
1: that's yeah, way more exposure than they've had because i it's mean it's a
2: big deal for wrestling as a whole
1: yeah because i mean you know Right now, they're on L Ray Network, and you can only get that through certain providers. I mean, not everybody has access to that. So, there's a whole lot of people that really don't even know Lucha Underground exists. Mm-hmm. But with Netflix, it, I mean, that's millions and millions of people right there that they get just instantly.
0: Yep, and uh, and they're using all their superstars to promote it, like uh, Katrina. And
1: mm. M- Johnny Mundo. Johnny
0: Mundo, and of course the best guy on the show Marty the Moth Martinez who's been on this show go back and listen <laughs> to it you can check, look us up at blogtalkradio.com and go check that out also you can check out our live chat mixlr.com/oversell podcast uh, guys also the new japan cup started off this week uh,
1: and it was awesome according to you it was. i haven't seen it yet
0: it was uh, it's a fun <laughs> show you know I, I hate that i'm the new new japan nerd of the bunch but i've gotten to where like i can't wait for mondays because that's when the newest usually that's when i get to watch new japan stuff you right because I, can, I can't wake up at two in the morning and try to and being functional the next day for work i gotta you know so <laughs> yet <laughs> but it's it is so much fun i uh, um forgot where i put my notes but i know it took some I see them. yeah so, okay so
1: go find your notes and we'll just chat about wrestling while you're gone <laughs> oh he's already back i didn't even have time to start a conversation
2: well hey
0: yeah that's a way to cover a conversation Mike, good yep. job Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <broadcast laughs> I, I, I was <laughs> shuffling through my notes
0: the broadcast lessons you're going to are <laughs> working out great money um so as a sh- as is the case with every new japan show of course you know the first uh, the one two three First three or four matches are a bunch of three-man, four-man tags. Start off with Tiger Mask and David Finley versus Nagata Jushin Jushin Thunder Liger. And I love it when – you know who Nagata is, Mike, don't you? He's a dude when he comes out, he's Blue Justice, and he has his face on the other side of his shirt, so he lifts it up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he puts somebody in that uh, disarmor, he, may, he rolls his eyes up in his head and makes that funny face right as he's doing it. That's what usually the guy taps out. Huh. They got the win. Nagata and Jushin Thunder Liger over David Finley and Tiger Mask. Uh, next was the Bullet Club. Bad Luck Fale, Tama Tonga, and Tangaroa versus... God, I, I had put on their lookup opponents, so... <laughs> you know, most of the time I fire. you got to fast-forward through some of these tag matches, get to get the same. Bullet Club got the win. Next was Elgin Taguchi, which I love Taguchi. Mm. That dude is hilarious. Uh, Tanahashi. Is right I right? know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta- Tanahashi, the John Cena of New Japan, <laughs> and Kushida, my boy, versus Bushi, Evil, Nato, and Takahashi, the also known as Los Ingobernables de Japon.
1: Yes, I can say it. You said it correctly.
0: I know, and uh, looks like uh, <laughs> Los Ingobernables de got the win. Bushi, Evil, NATO and Takahashi—the ticking time bomb. NATO is like one of the most charismatic <laughs> New Japan dudes in his own way.
1: In the weird eye thing that he does.
0: The weird—it's not just the weird eye thing. It's how he, he right now he's the IWGP interna- Intercontinental Champion, mm-hmm. and he, he could give a his loyalties are into to to los angabernobiles day upon is not into the title right and it's an interesting story that he tells so after all those tag matches we get to the main card actually after that i'm sorry there was another tag match it was suzuki gun versus chaos so in that one you had takai michinoku the crazy dude that they can't control in suzuki gun that goes to the crowd and like scares the shit out of people which is hilarious (laughs) Couple other guys versus chaos, and that included Gato, Jado, and your boy Okada. Okay. And Toriyanu, and I think Suzuki Gun got the win there. As far as the tournament goes, it opened up with uh, Juice Robinson, and since he's come to New Japan, he has killed it. Have you watched any of his stuff? Not yet. Oh, you've got to! Juice Robinson <laughs> is killing it every match he gets in New Japan. Dan, your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm still uh, New Japanless. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I've got to hook the laptop up to the TV if I'm going to watch it. That's my big That's, deal, so.
0: You know, it's um the the way that you have to kind of do that streaming is it, it's really strange because you have to have the New Japan World app or you can do a Chromecast. I found out I can watch it on my iPad now and get it to the Apple TV. It's not an actual Apple TV, right? Thing. So
2: maybe they're working on it.
0: Yeah, th- hopefully, hopefully. So let's see, let's
2: see, let's see, let's
0: see. Actually, there's a new round I need to watch.
2: You're behind. Yeah, I'm behind.
0: I need to the go hell, Derek. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was actually. But I
2: do, I do, I do have this little bit of news that uh, was very interesting. I got to talking to Chase Owens at the uh, benefit show we did for uh, NWA uh smoky mountain uh this last saturday and i got to talking to him and uh he was all prepared and set and ready to go to the hall of fame with ricky morton ricky morton had invited him to go to the hall of fame with him and his entire family had been invited with tickets and everything there's a dinner there's you know everything going on and and chase had tickets to it well, at the last minute, New Japan called him back and wants him to go over there the week that he's supposed to go to the <laughs> Hall of Fame you got
0: But you have to take that. Yeah, you have to take that. So you first, have
2: to take it. So,
1: did you, so you get to use his ticket?
2: Uh, no, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> you hinted. I mean, you had to. I, 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 I would have like. Well, uh, does he need somebody to go with him? You know. Like, I, mean, I
1: mean, it's rude you know. to not have anybody use that ticket.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just a waste of space, man. So going through yeah. the first <laughs> round.
0: So going through the first round, which was March 11th, March 12th, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Evil. Evil won that match. After that, we have Yuji Nagata who beat Tanga from the Bullet Club. Then Michael Elgin lost to another Bullet Club member, Bad Luck falle Torianu beat Tom Matonga. Man, the Bullet Club's not faring very well in this tournament like every, at all.
1: Every match you've named so far, like before you named who won, I'm like, okay, that nope, lost. Okay, no lost.
0: And my favorite match so far of the tournament that I have seen is Katsuyori Shibata versus Minaru Suzuki. Those two guys beat the hell... This has been a showdown that's been in the making for the past couple of months since Suzuki Gun returned. Mm. It did not disappoint. Those guys beat the hell out of each other in a 20-minute match almost. It's just... With with their forearms. A lot of forearms. And elbows. You know, uh, Suzuki gave a kick to Shibata in the back. You know, Shibata got up instantly, threw him down, and gave him one. It looked like Suzuki did not enjoy it one bit. (laughs) Uh, Juice Robinson took on Yujiro... Takahashi, uh, is that that's he's in the Bullet Club too, isn't he?
1: Probably, yeah. Juice Robinson beat him too. Like every other person you name is probably in the Bullet Club.
0: Another hard hitting match, but was also a lot of fun to watch was Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenny Omega. Wow, you know, two very a dr- a drastic difference in two different styles. Yeah. You know, you have the Stone Bull Ishii who goes out there and. Just to hurt people. I mean, it, it looks like he has a sheer joy of just hurting people. But you have Kenny Omega, who's very charismatic, plays a lot of mind games with his opponents. You know, well, Tomohiro Ishii got the win. He advances on in the New Japan Cup. So that's another Bullet Club Hell member. Oh yeah, Yoshihashi from I believe he is from Chaos took on Sonata, who is from who is the extremely big dude from Los Ingobernables de Japan, de Japan mm-hmm. the Cold Skull dude. Right. That's another scary individual. Well, he's got to take on Tomohiro Ishii in his next match. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, in the second round, I'm not going to they, – they've actually had some of these second-round matches, so I'm not going to tell the winner because I'm going to watch them. But we've got Evil taking on Yuji Nagata, Bad Luck Fale taking on Toru That should be interesting. So, I, Well, no, I'm sorry. Bad Luck Fale did beat Michael Logan, so one person in the Bullet Club still in the tournament.
1: Okay, right, right.
0: Uh, Katsuyori Shibata is taking on Juice Robinson. I feel bad for Juice <laughs> Robinson because I'm sure he's going to catch it there. And Tomohiro Ishii is taking on Sonata. That's going to be a fun match to watch. You can always watch it at New Japan World. Just Google New- NJPW World and watch it there, folks. I promise you, if you are into wrestling as a sport, you are going to love New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is so it's such a different change of pace from Monday Night Raw, where you're getting every, you're getting a 20 minute match, then a 30 minute promo. You're getting, you're you're not getting that crap every show. If you want, you can watch on New Japan World when they do the press conferences after the match, and then that's where they cut their promos. But right. it's not a part of the main show. You know, they may the way they I've heard that I've I've heard um, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows come uh, or say that. You know they weren't cutting promos, so they would just cut them on the way to the ring. They just look at the camera the whole right. time and cut a promo. so that's how you get' them, and it's part all part of the action and it's just such a different type of wrestling and it's very refreshing to me because this is the type of wrestling I like. I like ass kicking, great wrestling, watch a kushida match. you're gonna see some of the best wrestling like just I could just imagine kushida being able to go with like Dean Malenko or Eddie Guerrero and those guys because he could and he would hold their ground with them, too because he's a great wrestler. You've watched right. I know you've watched a little bit of Kashida. Yeah, you've got Kashida. Yeah, you, you've yeah. got to see that right. Yeah,
1: I mean he's very you know he's technical but he also has a, a bit of high fire in him that'll yep. you know to to capture that crowd. But I mean ev- everything he does is smooth in the ring. Yep. I mean everything is is just smooth. You know who I've interest- recently
0: got into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dan's buddy Most Steagle
1: <laughs> Really.
0: Yep, he he has a hard time keeping up with the shows he says, but the one thing I did get out of him was Shabata. Like <laughs> You're damn right, Shibata <laughs> <laughs> And actually I'm going to see Mo this weekend, Dan. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw who's coming down for RSWF. Moose. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be at that show. There's no way in hell I'm missing Moose, Moose. a chance and they're doing a meet and greet with him. So fifteen. Moose bucks. versus Bishop Cage too. Oh like- my God! I am going. I want to be close. I want to sit in the front row. But then again, I don't want to sit in the front row because there's yeah. this could be a massacre. There's
2: going to be two big dudes I flying mean, around.
0: You know, every time I sit close to the ring and I see Bishop Cage coming out, I I I I, I lean back in my chair because I don't want the guy to 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 look my way or anything like that, because Bishop Cage legitimately <laughs> scares me. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just a tough looking dude. Him and uh, Redrick Redrum. My no, God, I've seen yeah. him. Redrick Redrum is scary as hell. Yeah, because he just comes to is the ring. Is he rings.
2: back too? Or
0: I haven't seen him lately. You know, I okay. don't think I don't think I've seen um, Wildfire Wrestling run a show here recently. I haven't.
2: They mm-hmm. haven't. No. Um, they, I, I don't know if they took a break because they ran out of money or if they just can't find a building or what, but uh, I don't know what the deal is there.
0: Well, you know, I think we need local wrestling, so I'm for any local wrestling show. I know I've been bad about it here recently about getting to them, and I need to start going. Uh, this will be my first time going to Real Southern Wrestling Federation, <laughs> but I'll get to see a lot of guys that I like. Full deck should be there. Alan Steele. Bishop Cage, some little little shit named Moe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the guy from the American Gladiator, Maverick. I think he does some stuff with RW, RSWF. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a good show. It is Saturday, March 18th, 3715 South Perkins Road, Memphis, Tennessee, 38117. $15 front row and meet and greet with Moose. Fifth? Okay, if if the Lucha, Memphis Lucha Libre Wrestling, they would have done $15.00. For front row meet and greet or just right. fifteen bucks for a meet and greet, that place would have filled the hell up. But it was twenty dollars to get in. If you want to get a shirt and a picture. I mean a shirt was I think ten bucks. Right. Picture was ten bucks. Actually a shirt may have been fifteen twenty. Picture with Matt himself was ten. So I mean that's you're already out forty, fifty bucks. Yeah, this, right off the top, way. yeah. If they would have done they would have done something like this, fifteen dollars, meet and greet with Moose. You know, hopefully that you don't have to pay extra to take a picture with them or anything if that's covered in your fifteen bucks. If if Memphis Lucha Libre Wrestling would've done that, that, that that Tropicana would have filled up instantly, I think. Right. What are your thoughts, Dan?
2: Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, but at the same time, you know, you gotta make your money. If you're a promoter, you gotta make your money back. I mean, you can't just spend X amount of dollars, whatever it took to bring Matt Hardy in, and not raise the price on a ticket. Unfortunately, um, you know uh, we've got Ryback coming to NWA Smoky Mountain uh, in May, May, th- May 11th. I'll have to double check that date. Um, but uh, it's it's you know he we had to raise you have to raise prices on the tickets when you got the names in town you know cuz you you've, you've got to pay the name to come to the town you know you can't just go in the hole so many x amount of dollars and not make it back well you know? but but you agree
0: $20 on top of everything else you're going to pay for Matt Hardy
2: to be honest I'm surprised it's that cheap
0: <laughs> well I mean I spent I spent 40 bucks getting into the uh-huh. show and getting a signed picture and a pi- and a picture on my phone with Matt 40 mm-hmm. bucks so
2: from what I heard, not too many people showed up anyway.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it. it you know, I I don't want to name the wrestler I talked to about it, but he was like, "Yeah, twenty bucks a ticket. You're not going to get, especially in that part of town."
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And Nobody's going to come into that part of town for a twenty dollar ticket. No, no, no.
0: Unless you're crazy like me or Josh McLean or <laughs> mm-hmm. someone in the Five Star Squad, which who knows how many <laughs> of those guys paid to get into. <laughs> yeah. So that and that's why Matt you only got like a 10 minute match with Matt Hardy in the ring. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So it it is what it is. I understand you got to pay the talent that you're bringing in, but you know, it's it's the whole, you know, uh, I don't know. 15 bucks. Which while
2: we're while we're on Matt Hardy, you know, TNA being douchebags trying to block Matt Hardy from using that gimmick in other companies.
0: Well, I think it's not it's not Jeff Jarrett and them. It's anthem the people that own tna now that are being the
1: but yeah anytime that the hardys are on any kind of televised broadcast if they if they use the broken gimmick then they're sending like cease and desist to the to the company themselves telling them you know if you air that we're suing because you know that is our property
2: directly to the cable company right
0: Well, you know, I'm sure Vince McMahon, if they end up signing back with the WWE, will wipe his ass with the cease and desist letter. (laughs) What? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Oh, yeah. I've had a hanger there for three days. That's still like
2: a shit move as far as like, you know, they, they they came in at a time when TNA had no money, was on its last legs, and they did, you know, final deletion and... You know, all, all that other, you know, production-wise and stuff like that, and you know, they they did all that stuff, and that helped TNA in the ratings immensely. Yeah, people watched oh, yeah. that stuff. Yeah, you know, it and got people them are still talking about it immensely.
0: <clears throat> I agree, and for yeah, it's just, and Dan, I'm going to exclude you from this, but it just seems like in the professional wrestling big business, you know, a lot of people are easily offended and you know they they only look after for themselves and stuff like that. And what what are your thoughts? Do you think that's true?
2: As far as what as far as uh as far as Anthem getting, looking out for themselves or
0: Yeah, that and you know, I just yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just
2: the wrestling honestly, business seems honestly, like honestly, Jeff Jarrett has a say in this. You know, he could walk in he could walk into Anthem, he could walk into whoever is, whoever's bright idea it is to soothe with bejesus at a Jeff and Matt for using these characters outside of TNA, he could walk up to them and tell them, no, stop this. This is nuts. Let them go. We're going to do our own thing, you know, which they're trying to do anyway. They're trying to start over again. They've put, they've pushed the reset button as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They're trying to start from scratch. I mean, you don't just let Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett, you don't just, you know, let all these people go Without having a plan, you know, and I'm very interested to see what the final plan is that Jeff Jarrett has in store. Um, you know, I uh, I did see Chris Adonis, who's who's Chris Masters. Right. Uh, he's changed his profile pic to an impact picture now, huh. so I thought that was kind of cool. Him, mean, he's probably signed something with well, them. Hold on, I'm gonna uh, ask. You know,
0: I got a I got an opinion. What do you think, Sheik, of what TNA is doing or M- Anthem Sports is doing to the Hardys?
2: Fucking bullshit! You know, they're they're trying to start over again, but you know, they push that reset button. They let all this talent go, but oh, you can't you can't be that character that you were here because you know we we you know we let you do that character on our TV. You can't go to do that character on somebody else's TV. No, if you push the reset button, you cut these guys loose. And these guys helped you, you know, Jeff and Matt stepped in at a time. Like I said, when TNA was, you know, in a bad way, the, they were hurting, the, you, you know?
0: know, you know, they, it just, it seems like they just said, Matt, what can we do? He's like, Hey, I got to try. I can try this. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's those kind of ideas. And, you know, for someone like Mike Bennett, like, I think it's good for him that they let him go because the miracle gimmick is stupid. So hopefully he goes back to- it it was
1: a good like entry gimmick to a to a company, right, but yeah, I mean, the whole miracle thing wore off real quick, and it was just hopefully he brings know, just a good character,
0: hopefully we see Matt Taven cutting a promo at New Japan or something like that, and he says, "I have reunited a kingdom and outcome <laughs> Maria Canellis and Mikey Bennett uh did y'all see that r o h has a new world champion now, yeah uh christopher daniels, yes, christopher fo- daniels. Is, a, is a i think this is his first time winning the roh title congratulations to him
1: and somebody else mm-hmm. debuted with roh as well who bully ray
0: yes yes that happened at the last show too which it you know i think um what honor rising is coming up or something like that one of their cross promotion pay-per-views with new japan so that's going to be real interesting i'd love to see a Maybe a little Bully Ray-Shibata match (laughs) happened. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're going to have the two guys there, I wouldn't mind seeing Shibata take on Bully Ray because they beat the hell out of each other.
1: Going back to the the impact thing, agreeing with Dan, you know, you can't hit the reset button and then not allow people to do things that you're trying to get away from anyway. You know, I mean, they, like, you know, Reset is really the best word because, I mean, they've completely stripped the TNA name from it. I mean, it is now just Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, technically, they shouldn't worry about anything that TNA did, you know, Mm -hmm. under that name. And they even, you know, on last week's episode, when they brought in, like, the new people for the show, you know, they were basically saying, you know, this is no longer TNA. This is something new. We're starting from scratch. Here's what we're going to do. And they brought in, you know, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Dutch Mantel, you know, Jeremy Borash is back. I mean, they're, they're truly starting from scratch. And, I mean, they basically, like, every time somebody new came out, they just talked about how everything in the past basically doesn't exist anymore. We're not doing that anymore. This is a new company. So, I don't see how they can be so hung up on the hardy's making money on their own on something that they created mm-hmm. and but they don't you know because, they're trying to get rid of it
0: because they know they're going to they know they're going to sign with the WWE and they're going to be they want to try to <laughs> take the fight right. to WWE and somehow and they will lose that
1: fight but something interesting that did happen uh on last week's episode alberto el patron
0: day patron
1: or is it day, day patron? patron something like that okay whoever it's alberto that boring guy He came in, (laughs) and first night on Impact, challenged Bobby Lashley, and he is now the Impact world champion. First night.
2: Wow. You know, well, didn't he have to relinquish the title at the next tapings or something?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I haven't, I don't typically, like, read ahead on that, because there's so much to fucking read, you know, because they tape, like, four or five weeks' worth in a night, Uh. But, I mean, it, the episode comes on tonight, so I'll I'll be able to see it then. But, I mean, th- the way it ended, it was a little controversial, you know. Everybody, you know, we have to get off the air now. But as of right now, you know, Alberto is the champion, but we don't know what happened exactly. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: Let's see. I want to go through this Ring of Honor 15th anniversary show because there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. We had Christopher Daniels, like I said, defeating Adam Cole for the ROH title. Congratulations to him. The Hardys defeated the Young Bucks and Rapongi Vice in a tr- Las Vegas street fight for the World Tag Team Champions. It's, fun. it's interesting that Hardys are the ROH Tag Team Champions right now. You know, yeah. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see what they have. Um, have they're the Tag do. Champs
1: for a lot of different companies. Yep. I mean, that's what they're going around, just collecting gold.
0: Uh, Bully Ray and the Briscoes. Which is,
1: <laughs> I love the Briscoes, man.
0: Bully Ray seems like a perfect fit for oh, them yeah. too. They defeated War Machine, Hanson, and Raymond Rowe, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey Boy, Smith, I'm loving that Davey Boy Smith Jr. is getting a little bit of national exposure right. with Ringer Honor and in New Japan because he's part of Suzuki Gun. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I think you told me that last week. Yeah.
0: Uh, Marty Skrull defeated Skrull defeated Leo Rush. It's that's a hard name to say. Not Leo Rush. Marty Skrull. <laughs> Scurl, S C U R L L Skrull. Sure. Marty Skrull. It's not Skrull, it's Marty Skrull.
1: Marty, but not the Moth.
0: Whatever. Yeah, not that not that awesome <laughs> Marty. No, but Marty Skrull's a badass too. Uh The Kingdom, which is Matt Daven, TK O'Ryan, Vinny Marsigla defeated Dalton Castle and the Boys. Oh man, I love Dalton Castle and the Boys. Jay Lethal defeated Bobby Fish. Uh Frankie Kazarian defeated Hangman Page, Chris Sainman, Punisher Martinez, Cheeseburger, and Silas Young. And cheeseburger cheeseburger in a six-man mayhem <laughs> match i like silas young you know he's an older dude but he's he claims he's the uh, you know a real man right and when they whenever he shows up in new japan i think he's part of chaos and they all wear real man t-shirts <laughs> when he comes out jay white defeated kenny king in a singles match that was night one and then the night two of the tv taping wow, which... i forgot about kenny king tell him about kenny king i just forgot
1: about him yeah you know, he was you know kenny king was you know from tough enough
0: Okay, George in our chat room says never trust a grown man named Cheeseburger. <laughs> hey, cheese, Cheeseburger, you can't really is tell a, he's grown. Was he from the first one? He was on the first Tough Enough.
1: Yeah, Kenny. That's that Kenny. Yeah, Kenny King.
0: Wow, he had
1: a pretty decent run in TNA for a while. I, did I mean, not he was know that. He was with MVP and the BDC, the Beatdown Club
0: wow and he was i mean he was there for a few years you know and i like i think i liked him on the show he he needed to be trained at a different level when he was on tough enough because i think he was just one of those guys that he was going to be good but at the speed they're doing it at tough enough just wasn't the right speed for him. and you know i think he he had a a good connection with uh miss jackie yeah from the show if i remember and that, that first season of tough enough was so much fun yeah too bad. Too bad. I mean,
1: except for the fact that, like, you know, nine no. participants just left.
0: Yeah, well, it shows <laughs> but how, they, they couldn't handle it. Yeah, it shows how tough the business yeah. was, right? Right, Dan. Do you remember? Do you mm-hmm. did you watch the first season of Tough Enough?
2: Uh, yeah. On yeah, MTV. Well,
0: as a, as a wrestler, what did you think of that show?
2: <clears throat> well, I wasn't a wrestler at the time.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, looking back after your career in wrestling, if you go back and watch that, what would be your thoughts on it?
2: The original Tough Enough was definitely interesting. You know, um, they did a lot of different things. Like uh, I I, I specifically remember uh, Taz took them out in the middle of a field and there was a wrestling ring and it was sub-zero temperatures and they had to do bumps in the ring in sub-zero temperatures. No, they were actually doing – they
0: were wrestling in the mud, like actual physical wrestling, like trying to – Well,
2: there was physical wrestling in the mud, but I I do remember they had a ring out there – at one point. Um, and it wasn't even in America. I think it was somewhere over that in like was, Ireland or That British. was
0: actually in Tough Enough 2. That was Tough okay. Enough. And that was that ring was outside, and I think it was actually really hot. And mm-hmm. that was the – Well, think, yeah, it was
1: like two different times. I mean, I think both of you all are right. I, yeah.
0: I know one time mm-hmm. they, it was the same ring Andre the Giant trained in, I think they said, in the second mm-hmm. season. Yeah, yeah. So
2: – but go ahead. Go ahead. But, yeah, I, I you know, stuff like that. You know, um, anything that coincides with what, what ordinary people would consider torture, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, cause when I started training, um, my trainer, Ken Wayne, he told me, I expect 90% of the people that walk in the door to quit. And he was right. He was 100% right. Um, you know, Wrestling is something everybody thinks they can do, but until they uh, until they step in the ring and they do what we can do, they don't know. You know, they honestly think it's just, you know, oh, it's so easy, you know, all I got to do is just get in there and flop around a bit. Nope, it's not that simple.
1: I mean, you're basically just doing it on a trampoline.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. You know, Trampoline with two-by-fours and (laughs) metal underneath it, yeah. Dan, did
0: you ever meet a wrestler? He worked in Arkansas, and he was called Loose Cannon. Yes, I have. Okay. Loose Cannon is really one of the nicest guys I ever met, Um, Mm -hmm. but – we did a thing up there in Jonesboro where um, they brought me in. They wanted me. I, you know, I'm not. I was never. I'm not a professional wrestler. Never was. But I was an amateur wrestler, and I was all right when I was an amateur wrestler. So they had me take on Loose Cannon, and I was wearing him out amateur style quotations mm-hmm. yeah. and after he got a, after he started getting a little upset with me. Well, then the pro wrestling beat down begun, and I took a couple of bumps and. I can remember the next day waking up like, holy shit, man. I need some fucking Tylenol. Good <laughs> Lord. And that was just all taking like one or two of bumps. These guys are doing, what, probably 300 bumps a week or something like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it, I had a new respect. Not that I didn't have respect for them before, right. but I had a really new respect going through everything I did with uh, ASWF with Austin Lane up there and New Breed and Sexy Sam Dollar and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, And Uh, it's,
2: it's funny because like, you know, they, we compare it to every time you hit the mat, your body's basically going through a car wreck and that's exactly what's happening. It's a jolt to your system. Every time you hit the mat, you're, 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 you know, you hear it so many times about there's that one clip that they play over and over again uh, for WWE, you know, how do you teach a guy to fall off a 30-foot ladder? You don't, (laughs) you know. Um, You know, JR saying that I think is hilarious. It's like you just don't teach it. You have to learn how to take the impact, you know, and it's just every bump is an impact on your body. And and I'm a firm believer in the, the bump meter, you know. Um, every, there's a very common, uh, phrase there, it's called the bump meter and your body can only take so many bumps before you finally, you finally just says, no, I can't take anymore. And it starts falling apart. And, you know, that's a, it's a well-known term between a lot of wrestlers. It's like your bump meter. How's your bump meter doing? Uh, I'm uh, doing so hell <laughs> You know, it's just like, I may fall apart any minute, you know, cause I've been bumping for six days on the road and, you know, uh, and, you know, that's the reason why WWE does such a lighter style on, on the road with them, as opposed to on the road with NXT, on the road in NXT, you're gonna go balls to the wall, you know, because you're trying to get people to watch the show basically. You're you're there to make people open their eyes and see what you're becoming in NXT and stuff. Now when you get to the main roster, you you see how everybody's translating to the main roster. They slow down. And it seems like everybody just slows down to like quarter or half speed. You know, it's that minuscule moment of slowing down that saves your body. And that's the reason why when you see so many people like Charlotte and Bailey and Sasha and everything, they did these balls-out moves in NXT, but they're on the main roster now. They do balls-out moves every night. They're going to wind up in a hospital soon pretty quick, and they're not going to be making money for themselves. They're not going to be making for WWE. They're not going to be, you know, Viable for the company, they're going to get released because they're going to get hurt often.
1: So, like so they that's did. That's the reason the... why
2: a lot of those guys, you know, and girls, they they have to cut back. You know, they have to cut back, and that, and I think that's why the cruiserweights are starting to get a little bit more popular.
1: That's what I was you know? about to say. Yeah, because they yeah they did that. I mean, the cruiserweight classic. If you compare that to everything that they've done since they've been on the main roster, it's almost too different. Like two completely
2: different kind of styles, mm-hmm. and I think the cruiserweights are starting to get a little bit of more, more, more and more momentum behind them now because they're the risk takers now, right? You know, they're the ones that are doing the high flying stuff. They're the ones that are doing the gymnastics and you know, you know, flips and stuff. They're doing all that stuff that nobody else is doing on the roster, so they're getting the attention. So, well, I wanna- you know, I I think the cruiserweights. You know, that last pay-per-view, I think the Cruiserweights were the one were the ones that had match of the night. I want to play a you quick know? game with Even you. Even on the pre-show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to play a quick game with you guys before we – this is not going to be our trivia segment because i got a trivia segment for us. So I just want to play a little game with you guys. Um, I'm going to name a WWE superstar, and I want you to tell me what uh, legendary superstar you would compare them to. Does that make sense? Okay. Sure. Mike, I'll start with you. I'm going to give you John Cena.
1: <laughs> Legendary superstar. Uh Well, if you go by what, you know, WWE wants you to perceive him as, you know, that Hogan. Okay. I mean, you know, the good guy that, you know, always does right, but always stands up for the little guy and always, you know, there for the good
2: fight basically. Dan Roman Reigns Roman Reigns. If I had to give Roman Reigns an old-school counterpart, I would have to say Macho Man Randy Savage.
0: That's interesting. Explain that.
2: Well, Macho Man, you know, he uh, he rode both sides of the fence a lot of times. He was a heel and a face, you know, but he never – he was – the times that he was champion, it was almost like he was playing second fiddle to Hogan. You know, mm-hmm. and the times that he, you know, had a belt, he always had good matches with the people who were trying to take the belt from him, you know, okay. so he's a reliable source for a good match is basically what I'm saying, I guess. Okay. And, you know, he's playing, <laughs> he's playing it to the hilt right now because people are booing him, but he's still going out there and doing whatever he needs to do. So, yeah.
0: Mike, uh, I'm going to give you AJ Styles.
1: I almost want to say AJ Styles because he's been around for so long. Right. right. <laughs> uh, it's really kind of like a Shawn Michaels. That's what I was going to say. I mean, say. You know, never puts on a bad match and, I mean, just the overall, you know, talent that he has. You know, he, anytime he's in a match on a, on a card, you can't rule him out for having match of the night just instantly. Give me one, Mike. One what?
0: wrestler from tonight from these days
1: kevin
0: owens <laughs> new year <laughs> uh kevin owens uh this is going to piss a lot of people off don't care eddie gilbert <laughs>
1: that's why i chose him
0: <laughs> eddie gilbert and i'll tell you why if you look at eddie Gil- gilbert's <laughs> career it's there's a lot of parallels from what eddie gilbert did some of the angles he did With a lot of the stuff Kevin Owens is doing now, like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Tag Team of the Year award, but it was an award given between him and Tommy Rich, Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich, and by the time the award was actually presented to him, they were broken up and they hated each other, and they got in these two massive brawls where a lot of blood was spilt on Channel 5 Wrestling at 10 in the morning. There are kids in the audience. These guys are bleeding like stuck pigs all over the place, but... In parallel to, it was a great angle. Oh yes, it was. And in parallel to that, it kind of reminded me of the festival of friendship deal. To where there was a cele- yeah. there was a celebration, there was a massive beatdown afterwards. You know, the only thing Kevin Owens needs to do now is hit Chris Jericho with his car, and we have, <laughs> and we have we have Eddie Gilbert. <laughs> you know, we can't rule it out. So, yet. and you know, I know people are going. I know people hate on Kevin Owens because he's. The fat guy that wrestles in a t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. Never mind the fact that Kevin Owens can work a mic better than a lot of the people in the WWE, with the exception of maybe Chris Jericho, John Cena. I'll give him that. Because yeah. when John Cena's in serious mode, John Cena cuts a great promo. And, oh, the, yeah. and, and And The Miz. You know, those are the only mic workers I would say that if they're not better than Kevin Owens, they're as good as Kevin Owens. Right. And then his ring work, I think he hasn't. I don't think he's had a bad match since he's been in the WWE or in NXT. Mm. But then again, he's just a fat guy that wrestles in his T-shirt and box, or and basketball shorts. But let's hate on him for that, yeah. And forget the fact that he actually can work a stick and have great matches. Your guys' thoughts? Sorry for the diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's why I
1: chose him because I knew you've been wanting to get that off your chest for a while.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Dan, let's go to you. Let's do The Miz. The Miz. Oh, wow.
2: Okay. Um,
0: George in the chat room says Roman is more of a Luger in his opinion.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I I do like Luger selling. I mean, every time he got hit, it was, oh! oh!" (laughs) (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every time he got hit. Okay, so uh, The Miz, I would have to say, with like the superstar like persona and everything, and the movie star like persona, I'd almost have to say he's like Ric Flair.
0: Very good. That's it. I like that. I like that.
2: That's Uh, why he gave him the figure four.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mike, let's see who. Let's do, we'll do one more each a piece. Uh what? Shibata.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen anybody okay. like Shibata. Okay. Yeah, no, I was actually not, I was just being a
0: little funny on that one. Um let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. A guy who's been in the WP for a while. How about Samoa Joe?
1: Yeah, I was gonna mention Samoa Joe earlier because you know he's just a fat guy that doesn't wrestle in a t shirt. Yeah, but but, but everyone <laughs>
0: Hey, this new ev- if they're lining up this new evol- Evolution stable like I think they're going to do, it's going to be a badass stable. Triple H, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Pete Dunn. It could be. Oh, my God. That would be fucking incredible.
1: Yeah. They'd have to name it something else, though.
0: No, call it Evolution. Evolution 2.0. Call it something like that.
1: They already had that, kind of.
0: No, we'll call um. it. <laughs> I don't know. I just want this stable to happen because I think it would be great for everybody involved.
1: <clears throat> All right, but Samoa Joe? Yep. Always, he always kind of reminded me of a more athletic Vader.
0: That's an interesting comparison. You
1: know, big bully in the ring. You know, just size wise. You know, as soon as he gets in there, it's like shit. This is gonna hurt. But <laughs> he's just a little bit more athletic than than Vader. But I mean, same kind of same like, kind of premise on both of them. Know, that's what
0: not what and I, I, was I have to laugh when you good.
2: say Vader too, because uh, Bruno. Was uh, on Jericho's podcast this past week. Did you listen to it? And yeah, I mean, that, he buried Vader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, well, you know, that's that whole interview was. I thought that was a lot of fun they had. And one thing I took away from it was when Bruno started talking about how easy the business is. And mm-hmm. if you take the most simplistic approach, you get an entertaining show. You know, and that's yep. what I. And you know, Bruno's been in it so long, and I'm I'm so happy that he remembers who I was when I approached I saw him. At Smackdown. him. when yeah. I, yeah, when I went to Smackdown, I shook his hand, and said, "Hey Bruno, how you doing?" He's like, "Hey, good to see you. Tell your dad hello." And that me I didn't need to hear anything else other than that and just to say and I thought it was really nice that he remembered who I was. Mhm. That's just the kind of guy he is, though.
2: Yeah, and he always will. That's just the kind of guy he is. I, I, you know? As long as he likes you. And I tell you, <laughs> it it's so funny because like, you know, me and him hit it off so well the first time we met, and we've been friends ever since. So I mean it's just you know and he it, he actually called me last weekend to check on me
0: yeah, to see how I was
2: doing that's very you know cool. that's very and you know I call him whenever I'm thinking about him too you know so it's, it's just how how good friends we are you know it's it's amazing I get to be friends with somebody like that who's a freaking Memphis legend, you know, and well, you know, and that
0: podcast interview sounded like, sounded like they went to Bruno's house down there in Walls, Mississippi. They did. and they were I, in the exact I would...
2: same chairs we were in when we filmed our show and I, everything. So. I wonder, I wonder if Chris Jericho did like
0: I did and just walked around the whole house just looking at all the pictures hanging everywhere
2: they did they mentioned it on the show that's so cool that's so
0: cool we got to record in the same place jericho
2: so that's something that we
1: did before jericho yeah (laughs) we did that first
0: not jericho suck on it chris jericho (laughs) all right uh dan let's see i'm gonna give you uh seth rollins and then once you break give me who you think and then break it down you can give me one
2: okay uh seth rollins Hmm. Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins. Man. I got to think on that one. That one's – let me give you yours. Okay. And then I'll think about Seth Rollins. We'll come back to that one. (laughs) Um, How about Dean Ambrose? Dean Ambrose, Brian Pillman. Easily – oh,
0: man. There's so many ways I can go. But he's like a mixture in between – Brian Pillman and Jake the Snake Roberts, but as far, yeah, I'm going to go more towards Brian Pillman with the loose cannon Mm -hmm. type thing at the end of his career, and, you know, just a charismatic guy that's just, he looks like he's fucking out there, like that segment uh, where Brian Pillman, you know, shot or something Mm -hmm. at Stone Cold as the (laughs) tape went off the air, uh, but yeah, when I see when I think of Dean Ambrose, I really do think of uh, not flying Brian Pillman, but the loose cannon Brian Pillman when he was in the Heart Foundation.
2: Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. Well, I I got I've got Seth Rollins. It's like, uh, see, the I closest think, I can get to maybe a Seth Rollins would be Eddie Guerrero.
0: Okay, I think so for me, Seth Rollins, you can make the Macho Man comparison with him. Great, yeah, great yeah, worker, very good mm-hmm. good charisma. Now, no one could cut a promo like. Um like Macho Man could. No one and no one ever will because (laughs) (laughs) Oh golly, never. So but I would say as far as a working style, I think Seth Rollins is closer to a macho man. But I could see Eddie Guerrero too, just a great mechanic in there in the ring, Mm
2: -hmm. being crisp. I'm thinking like working wise is like mechanic wise, you know, and a little bit of psychology there, you know, in the in the mechanics of the wrestling, you know. And Eddie was all about psychology in the ring. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking that way as as far as Seth goes, you know. The last thing I want to talk to you guys about before we
0: take a break, did y'all see the preview for Southpaw Championship Wrestling on the WWE?
2: <laughs> <Network>? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that today. I died laughing. <laughs> that was the most funniest thing I've seen in a while. I really seriously hope it goes
0: somewhere. It's Yeah, it's supposed to be a new show. It's like a parody, and you could see it, you know, when I – when I first saw it, I'm like, "Motherfucker, they're gonna parody." It looks to me like a straight parody of Memphis wrestling. John Cena's it name. It does. John yeah. Cena's name is even start. His first name is Lance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's he's Lance Russell. He even has his hair looks. The wig he's wearing right. it looks just his like his name. His <laughs> name is Lance Catamaran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, let me see. Damn, oh, that oh. looks so funny.
2: Let me see if I can. They had Rusev Rusev in a cowboy hat with Lana dancing around him in some way, shape, or form. And Sex Ferguson
0: is going to be in it. That's Doc Gallo's thing. Right.
1: This
2: is Lance Catamaran, and you are watching Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Tell me,
0: <laughs> tell me, that's not him doing Lance Russell, because t- yeah. that's that's all I heard. That was a well, Lance. Somebody,
2: Rus- somebody said Gordon Soley. I hear more Gordon Soley than I, I do Lance t- in that one. I hear, but- I hear,
0: I hear Lance Russell, but that's just me because it looks, like, it just looks like a parody of old territory, Southern territory wrestling, which
2: yeah which was, it's going to be fantastic if they if they do it right I, i'm i gonna i'm just gonna die laughing watching it i'm sure um, you know and it, what the funny part about it was it looks like it was all filmed with a vhs camera and yeah. the, the commercial <laughs> and it had a you know it was a vcr tape
0: for the kids mm-hmm. that though, we had to own these little plastic tapes with magnetic <laughs> tape in them to watch i it. still don't have mine i still have one too i have a combo player um but it, what I like is it had South Paul Regional Wrestling put on written on it, and then it says "Do not tape over" on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And like I did that, I had to do that with a couple of tapes oh, growing yeah. up. Um, but yeah, just it, it looks. And you know, we were talking about us uh, in, uh on the Mat Men podcast that I listened to today in our in the chat room, we were talking about like some of the some of the stuff Memphis wrestling did. Some of the characters they had were just flipping crazy. Like we had a Freddy Krueger, we had yeah. Jason, we had Leatherface. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a teenage mutant ninja turtle that went by the name Kawabunga.
2: Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's just and, and, and let us not forget Lasertron. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a wrestler yeah. named Lasertron. Oh, I didn't. I never. I don't even remember that dude. He came uh, out in like almost a Power Ranger looking outfit. He was named Lasertron. It was hilarious. And there was the Christmas creature mm-hmm there who was, was uh, who was uh kane. kane kane yeah um there was glenn jacobs
0: there was just so many out there outlandish characters and you could see that oh, by the
2: way uh glenn jacobs is going to run for knoxville mayor sometime uh in the next two years
0: very cool so i hope no one pisses him off and he does his little thing <laughs> and lights him on fire
2: Mm-hmm. Or I could just- so that's why you haven't seen him on uh tv lately yeah. he's ah. taking a break from tv to focus on maybe trying to run for mayor and his insurance company <laughs> that uh is in knoxville in knox county down there
0: all right well we are going to take a quick break i got when- something real quick oh go ahead go quick. ahead go ahead
1: just because of what today is if you haven't noticed yeah it's austin 316 yeah just give a couple of your favorite austin moments you know, being that it is three sixteen,
0: uh, I think I already mentioned one. And that was when he broke into Brian
2: Pillman's Brian house. Brian Pillman's house, right? Dan, uh, when he when he started out stunning, I think Vince. And then slowly but surely, every m- member of the McMahon family got in the ring to try to give him what for, and <laughs> he ended was, up stunning the entire family. That was the first in, night they in, returned in to sequence, USA. I think. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. well. That was
0: the first time. That was the first show back on USA Network.
2: Okay.
1: All time favorite for me was you know at the beginning of the invasion angle when he was you know distant from the company and you know he was just Vince was trying to get him back to help and. He finally convinced him, and he shows up. You know, everybody's brawling throughout the entire arena. He pulls up in the parking lot, immediately jumps out of his truck, beats Pikes a couple his dudes way ass. The
2: whole building <laughs> backstage
1: <laughs> beats you know three or four guys down, and then there's like twenty guys in the ring fighting, and the glass breaks. And I mean it, that that place had to be deafening when oh that my God. happened. That
2: pop, that pop. The pop that- when his music hit, when that pop hit, man, Here, I, the, the roof just came off that building. Yeah. You Here, could wait. tell on the air. Oh, yeah. For the people
0: listening <clears throat> at home that may have never seen this moment because they're not old enough to know Stone.
1: Look it up oh, on the oh, network. The like NBA. They have just yeah. that clip on the network. Return. <clears throat> but he came in, once he came down the ramp... I mean, he he stunned everybody in the ring.
0: Fucking ads on videos. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to be (laughs) He he stunned
1: people at Red Lobster (laughs) on the way there.
2: We'll skip through it a little bit.
0: Okay, he's he's making his way to the back. Oh, there's Sean Stasiak and Hurricane Helms. Oh, look, he's got a pull cue. Wow. Oh, you can hear that. Yeah. He gave Sean Stasiak a good taste of that. Okay, here it comes, folks. Oh, my God, I'm getting yeah. <laughs>
1: fucking caught. <hot>. I mean, damn. That, that was one time, like, I remember watching that as it happened and, like, literally jumped out of my seat i mean no lie i stood up in you know elation it was just fucking crazy and then the very next day was up at Lasertron and marky was up there and he was like holy shit! did you see raw last night and i mean just <laughs> oh it was it was one of the most like to take the phrase from the rock it was one of the most electrifying nights in wrestling and he stunned every fucking body.
0: You know another one I just thought of? It's the stuff he did with um, Scott Hall. Like when he had him tied and gagged in a meat locker or something like that. Yeah. That was good stuff.
1: <laughs> he shot him with, like, the net gun.
0: Yep, yep.
1: But be- even before the invasion, the the comedic stuff he did with Kurt Angle, where they were both, like, buying for Vince's attention, that was some of the best stuff ever.
0: Man, that's probably like the greatest raw moment ever. Oh, God. Chill bumps. Well, let's take a quick break to recuperate because I need to go to the bathroom after that. (laughs) Uh, We will be right back. You're listening to the Oversell Podcast. Welcome back. Guys, I have a question for
2: you.
1: Okay.
0: Are you ready for a little trivia? Uh Uh-oh. Let's do it. Can you feel it, sir? It's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia. Can you feel it? It's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia. Can you feel it? Mike, can you feel it? I have felt it. Daniel, can you feel it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, I'm feeling it so much. <laughs> I have a list
0: right here. It is a list of ten. It is the ten most attended WrestleMania reported attendance. Okay. Three strikes, you're out. Um, Let's make it interesting. You have to give the correct number and where it was. Either stadium, uh, city will be fine. City will be fine. I don't care about the stadium. I want to know the city that it was in. So who goes that's first? Suck. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first?
1: Uh, Dan gets it.
2: Okay. Okay. The most the most attended WrestleManias. Yes. Okay. Uh, Pontiac Silverdome, of course. Hmm?
0: That and where was it? Oh, you said uh, Pontiac Silverdome, uh, which is in Detroit, Michigan. So that's,
2: Detroit,
1: Michigan. Yeah.
0: So Dan has one. Mike.
1: Do we have to say like which you know WrestleMania it is or
0: Oh I would prefer it. So we all WrestleMania but, three. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mike.
1: All right. Uh last year's WrestleMania thirty two. Where was it? That one was Hell, I don't remember. I just know WrestleMania. It was big.
0: Yeah. Give me give me a city and a state.
1: It was one of the lower forty-eight.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, you know what? I don't want to make it too easy, or too hard on y'all. Just give me the numbers.
1: All right, so that was thirty-two.
0: Okay, Dan.
1: Uh, that was Texas. I remember that now.
0: There we go, Texas Stadium, yeah. bro. Or, there you go. Uh, was it AT and T Stadium? Yeah,
1: it's
2: see. We don't. You don't even know. It was just Texas. What about Levi Stadium? Wasn't that like 31?
0: Yep. That the year correct. before it? Yep. Mike?
2: Uh, WrestleMania 17.
0: WrestleMania 17, not on the list. That's a strike.
1: Okay. I accept that. Was that was Houston, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Houston. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not on this list.
2: <clears throat> um... One of the ones that they had in Orlando.
0: Can you tell me the number?
2: Uh, was uh, I don't think thirty was in Orlando, was it? No, thirty was, thirty was New Orleans. Okay, I need to an uh, Yeah, go ahead. I will go with New Orleans. That We're is on, what number? It was thirty, right? Yep. yep. That was going to be my next guess.
0: This is really easy, Mike. You're up
2: <laughs> until
1: now. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm trying to think of which one. Like, I'm really trying to think of like main events. Uh, hell, Would WrestleMania 2 count? Because they actually did it at three different arenas. Not on the
0: list. Ew.
2: Well, that's weak.
0: Dan, you're back up.
2: All right, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go with 20, 29, was 29 in Orlando?
0: 29 was in East Rutherford, New Jersey and is on the list. Okay. Mike, you're hanging on by a thread.
2: Yeah, I'm going to lose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dan needed this win <laughs> <laughs> that's why <I'm> doing it. <laughs> uh, i don't know where it was but i'll say wrestlemania 25 just because that's a good round number
0: that one was in houston texas and is on this list 72,744 dan back to you
2: Alrighty. um
0: I'll give you a hint. Everything else is in the 20s. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's four po- four possible guesses left.
2: I'll do 28. And it was 28. One of these is in Orlando. I know that.
0: <laughs> 28 was in Miami, Florida, and it was 78,363. That was the birth of the yes Chance because that night after Monday Night Raw, the people were chanting. Yes. Right. Like it was like people were just going fucking nuts. Mike, yeah. back to you.
1: I want to say again. I have no idea where it was. I want to say eighteen. Eighteen.
0: Was, not on the list. You're out.
1: Yay, I lose. So
0: Dan wins. <laughs> so we'll just go through the list now. The top. These are not in any order because I didn't have time to put them in order. All right. You had WrestleMania 3 Pontiac Silverdome 93,173 people. You had WrestleMania 23 Ford Field, Detroit, Michigan 80,109 people. You had WrestleMania 24 The Citrus Bowl, Orlando, Florida 74,635. Uh you got you guys got WrestleMania 25 that was in Houston, Texas 72,744. WrestleMania 26 was in University of Phoenix Stadium, Glendale, Arizona, 72,219. WrestleMania 29, Sun Life Stadium, Miami, Florida, 78,363 people. WrestleMania 29 was in New Jersey, 80,676 New Orleans 75,167.
1: I don't think New Jersey even had that many people in it to start <laughs> out with. Well, Seriously. it's just I mean, late. I know it's travelers and stuff, but
0: that and, <laughs> well that and, you know, New York is yeah. it's not that far of a drive. Then you had 31 in Santa Clara, California, 76,976, and then WrestleMania 32, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas, 101,763 people reported attendance.
1: Even though I just read today, like just of like a little while ago, The actual number that like went through the turnstiles was like eighty two or eighty four thousand. They, you know, they were gonna, yeah, because apparently WWE counted like all the ushers that were working there and all the crew that worked. (laughs) I mean, anybody that was in the building at the time is counted towards attendance. You all gotta pay for a ticket, even if (laughs) you're (laughs) working. But it did make over seventeen million at the gate.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. So it looks like, um, I want to talk a little more quick wrestling news here. Lana is going to be, it looks like she, while Rusev is out because he had to have surgery on his shoulder, it looks like she may be getting um, in the ring more. Wow. I think she's starting to train. At, she's doing some stuff at the Performance Center. She sent a tweet um, where she was <laughs> actually in wrestling gear uh, the other day. So <laughs> that's,
1: Something funny with Rusev. Uh, you know, he got pretty much squashed by Big Show. This past week on Raw, Big Show had a match with uh, Titus O'Neil and squashed him. And Big Show's doing this thing now where you know he does like three choke slams to beat somebody, you know, just just to get the point across. But Rusev tweeted, "I guess Titus needs a surgery too." <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Kurt Angle had his first meeting with Vince McMahon as a comeback, and you know uh, it was interesting. The clip is pretty cool because. Uh, you know, he thought he was kind of nervous because he didn't know what kind of reaction was going to get. And Vince man gave him a big hug yeah. and everything like that. So that was pretty cool to watch that. Um Let's see. Let's Jack see.
1: Swagger is officially released now.
0: Ba, yep. ba, na, 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 na. We, the people salute you, Jack Swagger. <laughs> Never forget when we did our stable draft,
2: <laughs> I picked Jack Swagger <laughs> to be in my stable. Uh, uh, um, Expect to see uh on impact next week, swag jacker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, call me a biased, call me biased if you want to. New Japan would be a great place for Hit Jack Swagger to land.
1: <laughs> if he's swag jacker, then I can see that gimmick. He comes in and yeah. just steals everybody's stuff. He's jacking them of their swag. So he's prime time? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh Kurt Angle picked who he wants to induct him into the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: And it's official. He actually is now. John Cena. John Cena. Interesting. Because that was John Cena's first match.
0: You you know, let's talk about... There's a lot of Memphis going into the Hall of Fame this year. I don't think we really touched on the Hall of Fame much. But Memphis superstars are superstars that came through Memphis to get their breaks.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, they're all WWE Hall of Famers now. You've got the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, and you've got Ravishing Rick Rude. You know, he did a, a lot of his early stuff was right here in Memphis you know he came on and basically he was a Chippendales dude just a really good looking dude i think Missy Hyatt uh managed him is that right Dan do you remember that
2: uh i believe so was it missy um, hyatt there I, I think she was called angel or something that's like right. that That's right
0: that's right that's right that's right that's right but yeah he got
2: Got I do bitch. remember. I do remember uh Lawler getting a hold of his manager one night and just decking the living hell out of her. <laughs> <laughs> it was like there I've actually got I've actually got that on VHS somewhere. It was like a there was like a collection of matches for, that were at the Coliseum uh that were on like a five VHS set. And uh I got that on video and was like <laughs> They, this girl, apparently, you know, she was the antagonist manager that would always cost Lawler the match, you know, and he he literally grabbed her by the hair on her head and just laid her out, and I mean, she she literally did not move an inch after she got hit. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, it was she didn't even really take a bump; she just fell. <laughs> so it was almost like, wow, you know. She got jacked up.
0: <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see the WWE acknowledge what one of the big things I think Rick Rude did in professional wrestling, and that was appear on Raw Nitro yeah, on the same, the same night. night. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if they talk about that at all. Wonder Have they announced who's going to induct him?
1: I don't think they've announced anybody other than Cena I think, being an inductor.
0: I think Paul Heyman should induct Ravishing Rick Rude because I think they did a lot of work with each other throughout their careers what do you guys think mm-hmm.
2: uh yeah either that they've gotten into where the deceased uh people that they're putting into the hall of fame uh, like a family member might induct them you right. know uh like boss man's wife and daughter uh inducted him you know so i mean they might go that route you know uh they could very well go with Heyman.
0: I yeah, and I just think with the history between the dude, because he was part of the
2: dangerous or Sting. alliance.
0: I could see Sting, but yeah. he um he was part of the dangerous alliance, and that you know so was Paul Heyman. So I'm sure that he managed uh, Rick Rude at some point. So I just to me that just seems like um, just a natural uh, pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, how do you think? Is what they're doing with the Warrior Award in the spirit of what the Ultimate Warrior wanted?
2: I don't think so. No.
0: It's interesting that after he passes, that this award has kind of changed to where... And this is nothing against Eric LeGrand.
2: Right. This is nothing... Absolutely not. I don't have anything against him whatsoever, and, but this is not what the Warrior wanted that award to be for.
0: And this is not about... Um, Who they give it to last year? Lady that survived cancer. What...
1: Joan, Joan London, London. yeah, That's Joan it. London. That's
0: it. That's it. No, this is uh, this is nothing negative toward those two people because Eric LeGrand is one of the most positive human beings. After, I, I don't. Not many people would be positive after what happened to him. Right. Joan London, cancer survivor, very mm-hmm. courageous. To me, it just you know it's. I my, think if it
1: hadn't have been you know if, if the name hadn't have been Warrior then it may have, you know, they would have went with what he had envisioned. But, you know, the name Warrior and these, you know, the last two recipients, you know, fighting through what they've had to fight through. I mean, it makes sense name-wise. But he was wanting more of like, hey, this guy's been doing camera work for WWE for the last 25 years and nobody knows his name, you know. Exactly. Right. That, that's what he you was mean, wanting.
0: And, you know, if they actually went by that, you know, who have, would have to win that award one year.
1: Us for being in the no the Occupy role.
0: No, 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 no. Down, <laughs> downtown Bruno would have to win that award because all, you know, he does, his life is that company. You know, he's, yeah. he's on the road, what, five days out of the week, Dan? He comes home, enough time to probably do a quick load of laundry and then go back out. Mm-hmm. Even shorter time on pay-per-views.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah laundry and chicken wings is what i envision <laughs> and, and um, a lot of apple juice.
2: wrestlemania wrestlemania is coming up and he probably won't be home for two weeks oh, yeah
0: poor guy poor guy but you know what i think he loves it if he did he wouldn't be doing it this long if he didn't love it and got probably got a good paycheck out of the deal
2: hmm. he's looking forward to retirement
0: <laughs> 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 well you know with all he does at least on the jericho podcast it sounded like He's not bitter or anything towards anything that wrestling has given him. So
2: No, no, he's, 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 he's not bitter or anything. You know, he's worn out. Yeah, I agree that. He's I, worn out, you know, which, you know, you're talking, you're talking about a guy who's been in the wrestling business for more than 30 years. You know, uh, he's just been with WWE for 30 years. Um, you know, 40 years of his life he's been, he's been spent in the wrestling business. Uh, you know, he started when he was like 10, 12, 13 years old. Uh, setting up and tearing down rings and then moved into managing and then you know made his way into the ranks of memphis wrestling and all the other indies and everything and And not just the rest is history not just managing
0: he was a ref yeah he's done every about anything he you know he had matches with uptown karen against bud shropel and john rainey and made them look like a million bucks Mm -hmm. um
2: and, so, I mean, it's not just, it's just not the last 30 years of WWE. He's got a long history before he even made it in WWE. So, you know, but you know, you're talking about downtown Bruno, who would take a bump off the apron and land on the concrete floor.
0: Back when they you didn't know, have pads around all the outside. They did not have <laughs> pads. But, so, you know, in that story he told on Jericho's podcast about surviving that wreck, that is just, that's... I think one of the craziest stories I think I've ever heard a human being tell. Mm-hmm. So
2: it really is. It's, it's, you know, it's in it's incredible to hear, you know, and if you, if you, anybody gets a chance, you need to get his book too. It's, it's, I believe it's on crowbar com. Um, and it's, um, I forgot the name of it, but it's Bruno Lauer. And, uh, I, it might be like wrestling with the truth or something like that. Um, but it's worth the read because it talks about all of his time, you know, growing up in the business, managing Sid as Lord Humongous, managing Sid as Psycho Sid, uh, the falling out with Sid and then going uh, going to WWF and, you know, falling, the Sid falling out with WWF and, you know, Bruno staying and Sid leaving. You know, it goes mm-hmm. through all that stuff. And you know, you know and it it's a great read for anybody who's a wrestling fan, especially an old school wrestling fan.
0: Yep. Mike, yes, uh Memphis Wrestling Moment.
2: Yeah, I think I found one I can read.
0: Let's do it.
1: <clears throat> March sixteenth, nineteen eighty one. Championship wrestling presents wrestling mid South Coliseum. Don't see an attendance on here, but So that means it was thirteen thousand. Probably, yeah. They were getting ready for my birth. (laughs) All right. Bottom of the card Coco Ware versus the Angel, the Turk and El Toro versus Sonny King and Ron Sexton, the Bounty Hunters with Jimmy Kent versus Big Red and Eddie Gilbert, Billy Robinson versus Dutch Mantel, Southern Tag Team Title Match, Bill Dundee and the Dream Machine versus Wayne Ferris and Tojo Yamamoto with Jimmy Hart, Jerry. Main event, Jerry Lawler versus Jack Briscoe with Jimmy Hart, because Jimmy Hart managed everybody back then.
0: That was when managers had multiple clients, which is a lost art in
1: the WWE as well. Team's dream realized the disqualification of Wayne Ferris and Tojo Yamamoto has enabled Bill Dundee and the Dream Machine to win the Southern Tag Team Wrestling title. In other matches at the Mid-South Coliseum last night, Jerry Lawler notched a win against Jack Briscoe. Big Red and Eddie Gilbert were awarded a victory after the bounty hunters were disqualified. Dutch Mantell disposed of Vinnie Romeo. Romeo, that's what it says. Yeah. Romeo. For you to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because his name wasn't on the original card, so It threw me off. Uh, Sunny of King and Ron Sexton were victimized. That sounds horrible by the Turk and El Toro, <laughs> and the Angel and Coco Ware fought to a draw, so they fought until they played Pictionary and decided a winner.
0: Well, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, Mike, Dan, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? After last week, it feels so much better doing that.
1: (laughs)
2: Dan, you're up. Uh, I'm going to say Seth Rollins for the uh – the bit that they did from the last fifteen minutes of Raw, um, you know, with uh, Triple H and and them uh attacking him, you know. And uh I thought I thought I thought the last fifteen minutes of Raw was good television. You know? Um, that that whole the whole bit, really, from start to finish. Um and I know you didn't watch it so you don't care. But <laughs> I'm on a break and I, I did
0: get to watch Smackdown, which Golly, we really didn't talk about WWE much at all at this podcast. No, that's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, I
0: love it. We're a pro wrestling podcast. That, there's
2: other wrestling stuff going there, on. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and,
0: and that and that is the truth, folks. There's Ring of Honor. There's New Japan Pro Wrestling. Lucha Underground now has a lot more ways to get to it. You know, you have your local indie shows. Go out there, buy a T-shirt off a of wrestler. I think I'm going to be buying a Most Eagle shirt this weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll even get him to sign it just to make him feel a little bit better.
2: Mm hmm. Some sure Colts podcast. Dot, uh, <laughs> yeah. But,
0: you know, there's PWG. Go out there. Check their website out. You can order all the DVDs. Battle of Los Angeles is always a fun tournament to watch and see where guys. What's interesting about PWG is you can see where guys came from like Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Steen. Mm hmm. Uh, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and a lot of them, you know, caught their big breaks by wrestling at these PWG shows. So that's another company to check out. It just, you know, there, what? Go to the internet. Go to YouTube. There's even more wrestling there. Go back and watch old USWA shows, which there's an episode you can find that's hosted by my dad, Bud Tropel, which is hilarious because <laughs> my dad still had a little bit of hair, and that's what I love to mess with him about when I go back and watch it. But there's just, there's so much wrestling out there tweet at tweet at your favorite local wrestlers i love tweeting with austin lane dustin five star you know there's just so there's so much wrestling content to not just be focused in on what is now called not you know they won't even call themselves a wrestling company in the wwe so that's just that i'm sorry for that little diatribe there (laughs) mike who's your superstar of the week
1: aj styles why he killed everything since since last week you know just the whole you know i'm the best wrestler of the last year, and I don't even have a match at WrestleMania, and then he just beat the shit out of Shane McMahon.
0: And, you know, that's going to give me another diatribe here. <laughs> Let me ask you that, guys this. Is it a waste for AJ Styles to be wrestling Shane McMahon on this show? I think so. I think so as well. He is, and I'm going to catch hell for this, and I don't care, but legitimately I think he is the best wrestler in the world right now. In all standpoints, he's killing. And, nobody,
2: his- and nobody's going to argue that fact with you. No. Nobody can argue that fact with you. So you t- know, I just don't think that there's anybody that they've brought up to the level of main of of main roster that can hang with AJ. You know, <laughs> you know, maybe next year at New Orleans we'll get AJ and Shinsuke. Yeah, you know, that's um, that's
0: the only guy I think it was. I think Samoa Joe would be able to hang with him, have a great yeah. match. Yeah. I think Seth yep. Rollins would have a couple of banger matches with him.
2: Angle wants it.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. AJ Styles and Angle these days. Yeah. Oh, Dude, great. That is
2: the, to, to this day, that's the best match I've ever seen live was Angle and Styles at uh, DeSoto Civic Center when uh, Slammiversary was in uh, South Haven. That That's mm-hmm. the best match I've ever seen live. And I... I was hollering by the end of it. I didn't care who won it. It was it was a awesome match. It was one of the last matches I watched live that actually got me up on my feet.
0: I guess the good thing to say about AJ facing Shane McMahon is he's going to get it a good he's going to get a good paycheck for it. Oh yeah, so absolutely. But still, I think there that you could have done better with him and this mania card. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, my superstar of the week. Hmm. Hard to think. Katsuyori Shibata! (laughs) I just love Shibata, man. I can't get enough of Katsuyori Shibata.
1: We've kind of picked up on that here. He's so badass. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Dan, I know if you watched New Japan and if you saw some of the forearms that um, Shibata throws in his matches, you'd be like, good God almighty, this guy would be fun to work with.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I never threw punches. I threw forearms. I love well, those forearms. But then,
0: like I said, you would love a Shibata match because he out, he constantly has forearm battles with people, and usually he ends up winning. And then he ends up doing this awesome drop kick into the corner that just looks like he is just completely annihilating some dude's face. And then he puts him in a sleeper hold, and then he wins. And then he's, the, he's, oh, he's my favorite wrestler in the world right now. He is just, I can't say enough about A little Cassie bit of a Shibata that. fan, are you? Um, the, I am such a Shibata <laughs> fan. Like, he he just, to me, he is the wrestler. He comes out. He's got his ten ch- chin tucked down. He's looking straight in the ring, and his only objective is to destroy the other human being that's in it <laughs> and do it in the most destructive-looking way, positive. And, like, when he, when someone's, lay down in a quarter sprawled out and he goes and puts his foot and just does those quick little foot jabs i mean even those look like they're the most painful thing on this earth so Mm -hmm. shabbat 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 (laughs) shabbat (laughs) shabbat thank you for listening thank you for downloading the easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on itunes and while you're there leave a five star review you can follow me on twitter Derek d-e-r-i-c-k-o-v-e-r-s-e-l-l facebook.com slash oversell podcast oversell podcast
2: on twitter
1: at wolfmike twenty three, and sometimes I use that.
2: I'm um, at one dangerous Dan, and I never use it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Facebook though. Hey, Fa- uh, dangerous Dan Matthews. Um, I got a good
0: discussion, and actually, it was on. I sent out a tweet that said Kevin Owens is this generation's Eddie Gilbert. I yeah, saw that someone actually um, tweeted, and uh, I now got a new follower on Twitter because of it. Lover boy Matt Rivera. Riviera, yeah, Matt. yeah. He's yes. so, so, and actually, this, um, this guy compared. Uh, he said Matt R- Riviera is this generation's Eddie Gilbert. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just I thought that was neat that you thought. Now that Matt Riviera is following me on Twitter, so we'll definitely have to get him on the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, Matt Riviera. He, uh, you know, I think him and Tim Storm are supposed to be wrestling eventually for the NWA heavyweight title
0: up there in Dyersburg.
2: Yep, I think so.
0: All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You've been listening to the Oversell Podcast. Yo! Ship by (laughs) time! See you later, folks! Go watch Shibata! Please! He loves you!
1: You turned into <laughs> Harry Carey there for a second.